Hello everybody, welcome to One Drink, a podcast where we talk about one topic for one drink. I'm Oliver. I'm Matthew. And today on our history show, we are featuring May 3rd to May 9th. Yep. And of course, this week, like every week, there's some history in there to be known. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And some wicked Medal of Honor stories. Yes. And those are always just... Oh, fastly becoming my favorite stories ever. Yeah. They, I mean... And we got a bunch, too. I mean, there's a lot. Oh, yeah. So, we're going to be at those for quite some time. Quite some time. Yeah, there's, what, like 3,500 of them or something yeah. like that to go over? And we're going to try to go over every single one of these bad motherfuckers. Yep. 100%. <clears throat> some we can't because, you know... Yeah, there's not a whole lot of information yeah, about Yeah, it's outdated, like yeah. the Civil War stuff. Yeah. Maybe one of the days on the, the ones where there's, like, no real information about it, we'll yeah. just go over, like, a list and at least shout them out. Yeah, yeah, You know? That's definitely a good idea. All right. So let's jump into it. Yeah. I'm going to start off with May 4th, 1886. Mm. Uh, the Haymarket Square riot occurred in Chicago after 180 police officers advanced on 1,300 people gathered in the square listening to speeches of labor activists and anarchists. Wow. A bomb was thrown. What? Seven policemen were killed and over 50 wounded. Four anarchists were then charged with conspiracy to kill, convicted, and hanged. Whoa! While another committed suicide in jail. Three wow. others were given lengthy jail sentences. That is crazy. Just a, I mean, that bomb must have been a pretty big bomb. You yeah, know what I mean? but I mean, in 1886, like, what's it made out of? Nitroglycerin? <laughs> I don't know. Like, what the shit, man? It's crazy. Oh, man. Crazy. Chicago. Didn't Chicago... The I mean, fire and the... Dude, so much <laughs> shit goes down in Chicago, dude. Poor Chicago, man. It's, I'm starting to feel bad for that right. um, place. It's Chicago. Well, it's the ocean will always be my number one I feel horrible for. Yes. And so the 15 and, trucks every day. And then it's the, Chicago's slowly becoming that second mm -hmm. with all the shit that goes in. Hell. Also, May 4th, 1973, the first TV network female nudity, Steambush. <laughs> That's the name of the show. <laughs> it just seems to go hand in hand. Oh, man. Oh, shit. Valerie Perrin became the first woman to display, on purpose, her nipples on American <laughs> network television during the broadcast of this movie of Hollywood Television Theater. Valerie Perrin was seen taking a shower from the side. Only, only a few PBS stations were adventurous enough to carry the program. So she was just like, hey, check this out. It's Don Steambush. Steambush. Jesus Christ. That alone sounds just like a right. An old. Let me tell you something. If I if, oh. I, if I was on a, net, a network, you know, if I was like a network executive, and, and you came and pitched me a show called Steambush, I'd be like, goodbye. You're out. So right. This belongs in the porno section. Right. <laughs> There's a different place for this kind of show, and it's not here. Oh, but it does sound like an old school 1970. Oh yeah, 100%. 100%. <laughs> oh. All right, so I'm going to take us to May 5th, Cinco de Mayo. Yeah. Uh, celebrated in Mexico as Cinco de Mayo, a national holiday, uh, is in remembrance of the Battle of Puebla in 1862, in which Mexican troops under General Ignacio Zaragoza, outnumbered three to one, defeated the invading French forces of Napoleon III. Mm. Nice. Yep. Did you celebrate? 
Cinco de Mayo. I always celebrate Cinco de Mayo. I had a little... I don't drink tequila, though. Neither do I. No. I woke up in the trunk of my own car last time I drank tequila, so... That is a great story yeah. that must be told. That'll be it. That should be on. <laughs> we'll do that on the show one day. And we'll be like, uh, stories from our past. Oh, uh, And we'll yeah. just go over some... Back in the day. Back in the day. <laughs> we'll have a back in the day. We'll have a back in the day story. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I'll wear a giant t-shirt <clears throat> like we used to back in the day. A white one? Yeah. The white yeah. tee. Crispy. Yep. Crispy white Gotta tea. be a white tee. Gotta be a crispy white tee. <laughs> Oh, that's I can't wait for that. Yeah, that was gonna be good. <clears throat> On May fifth, eighteen sixty-five, the first U.S. train robbery took place in North Bend. Huh. So I read this right, yeah, and I'm like, how the fuck? Why would you steal a train, right? Yeah, get this. <clears throat> About a dozen men tore up the tracks to derail an Ohio and Mississippi train that had departed from Cincinnati. Some reports identify the train as belonging to the Union Pacific Railroad. More than 100 passengers were robbed at gunpoint in cash and jewelry. So they robbed the passengers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just, I was thinking. Oh, you thought they actually yeah, like, stole a train? Why would you want to Well, you can only go so many places. That's what I'm saying. You're going train. nowhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Dude, when they I, used to do that all the time back in the day. When I finished, I was like, damn, they just robbed everyone on the train. Mm-hmm. They used to do that all the time, dude. It was a huge, wow. huge, huge thing back in the day was train robberies. Because they used to send... Payroll and and all that's, oh, yeah. that was the main transportation was trains and the the outlaws and shit just used to that is so crazy oh yeah <laughs> just, oh yeah <laughs> it's well if you well I'm I'm sure they didn't derail the train so it like crashed yeah there was a strategic way I'm assuming Probably. to where it was yeah. just to get it to stop stop yeah give me all your shit you know and plus they you know they probably knew oh the wealthy rich people. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they were loading people. I'd rob train if I was living back then. 100%. It'd be kind of fun, I'd totally right? be an outlaw. Yeah. It would yeah, be great. Could, oh, how are you going to get caught? You just go in the saloon. How are you going to get caught? You go in the saloon. Just right. Bad your guns and shit. <laughs> Give me a shot. Stirrups clinking on the floor. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I'm in, bro. You hear doo right. <laughs> Tumbleweed going yeah. across the street. I'm in. Badass Oliver Garino. That's right. It's OG gang. It's awesome. All right. May 6, 1937, the German airship Hindenburg burst into flames at 7.20 p.m. Wow. Uh, as it neared the, um, the mooring mast at Lakehurst, New Jersey, um, following a transatlantic voyage. 36 of the 97 passengers and crew were killed. Uh, the Inferno was caught on film and also witnessed by a commentator oh. who broke down amid the emotional impact and exclaimed, Oh, the humanity. Uh, the accident effectively ended commercial airship traffic. Wow. Yeah. So they were they were potentially going to use those in the war as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but they discovered with this that yeah. the gas used to fill them was... So volatile wow. and was so likely to burst and explode and no, all this crap. Have you seen the uh, footage of that? Yeah, you have. It's crazy. I haven't seen it. Oh my god, it's unbelievable. You yeah. just see it literally burst into flames and then the whole thing just starts going down. Man, it's nuts. It's nuts. It's crazy. Yeah, but then the the oh the humanity that's a super famous like is it saying now? Yeah, from mm. from that. Yep. So, we're going to go May 6, 1974. I'm an Oakland A's fan. They don't get a lot of attention. It's because they're the Oakland A's. It's because they're the Oakland A's. Yep. They got 
I believe we used to have a hat hanging up. <laughs> we did. Back here. In the beginning? In the first season. <laughs> you guys should go back and watch that. Yeah. Check out. Um, we have Moneyball. Yeah. And that's about it. We were good in the 80s, but that's it. Yeah. So I did a little story here. Ace pitcher Paul Lindball, Lindblad makes an errant throw in the first inning of a 6-3 loss. Go figure. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ball ends his record streak of 385 consecutive airless games. Oh, my God. So he was he went 385 games without an error. An error. Wow. Yeah. That's impressive. I mean, that's a pretty good... Uh, I wonder if that's the record. I don't know. I wonder if that's the record. That's got to be a record, dude. That is so a many games. lot of games. Yeah, and they lost. And they lost because he screwed up. Of course they lost. <laughs> They've been losing ever oh. since 1974. <laughs> <laughs> They're getting better, though. They're getting better. Mm-hmm. How long have you been saying that? Since 1974? I mean, yeah. I think I came out the womb saying, like, I hope they get better. God damn it. <laughs> They'll be better this year. <laughs> Everyone always says that, too. They're like, dude, you've been saying that for years. You're like a Bills fan. Yep. Don't worry. They're going to. Don't they're, worry. They're Our better. time is now. <laughs> oh, All right. Fuck. Take us to May 9th. Uh, Victory Day in Russia. Uh, It's a national holiday commemorating the defeat of Nazi Germany during the Great Patriotic War, which is what they refer to as World War II. Nice. Um, Honoring the 20 million Russians who died in the war. 20 million? 20 million. Holy shit, I did not know that. Me neither. That is a lot. 20 million Russians who died in the war. I can't even, uh, it's, it's just unbelievable. That's like all of New York State. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Probably Everyone more. In probably New more. Gone. Probably more. Entire state. Whew. It's nuts. All Russians, though, right? All Russians, yeah. yeah. That was just the Russians that died in World War II. Damn. Yeah, that doesn't include everybody else. All right. On a happier note, May 7th, 1914, U.S. Congress establishes... Mother's Day. Hey! Nice! Yep. That's awesome. Yeah, Mother's Day. It's obviously, it's tomorrow. Yeah. Yesterday, if you're watching this show. Yep. It's coming um, out. What do you got to say about your mom? I love my mom, dude. Yeah. You know that? Yep. My mom's great. Yep. I'm an old hippie, but, you know, I love her anyways. It makes her great. She's eccentric. That's how I always explain to people. Yeah. They're like, oh, what's your mom like? She's, she's eccentric. Right. And they're like, oh. You got to meet her. To and then yeah, and then they meet her and they're like, oh, but everybody loves my mom. Yeah, and for Jackie, it's also Mother's Jackie. Day tomorrow. Yeah, first Mother's Day. No, second, second Mother's Day. Oh, second Mother's Day. Okay. Um, but last year it was weird because it was COVID. Yeah. and it was you know what I mean. Like it was a I don't know. It was just a weird. It was a weird. Day. It wasn't the same. Yeah, yeah. So this year will be this year will be pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Yep, Jackie. And to my mom, she raised you know two older. Uh, boys, and yeah. then I came along. I gave her a lot of hell, but she is a great woman. She cares a lot, and I do love my mother as well. Yeah. We love you out there. She's always there for me. To all the mamas. Yes, all the mothers out there. We love you. We love you. Yep. So, let's get into some uh, Medal of Honor stories. Yeah, let's do it. All right, here we go. So, I'm going to go start it off, and we've got William E. Barber, mm. uh, U.S. Marines, Korean War. Okay. Assigned to defend a three-mile mountain pass along the division's main supply line and commanding the only route of approach 
uh, in the march from Udam Nai mm. to Hagaru Rai. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yep. Uh, <laughs> yep. Captain Barber took position with his <clears throat> battle weary troops and, before nightfall, had dug in and set up a defense along the frozen, snow covered hillside. So they're, they're already in the shits because oh, yeah. they're, they've already been fighting. Now they're in the snow. Oh. It's freezing freaking cold. They're in the middle of nowhere in a country that they don't know. Yep. Oh, sucks. When a force of estimated Reginald strength uh, savagely attacked during the night, inflicting heavy casualties and finally surrendering, uh, surrounding his position, following a bitter, a bitterly fought seven-hour conflict. Wow. Captain Barber, after repulsing the enemy, gave assurance that he could hold if supplied in airdrops, if supplied by airdrops, and requested permission to stand fast. Um, when orders were received by radio to fight his way back uh, to a relieving force after two reinforcing units had been driven back under fierce resistance in their attempts to reach the isolated troops. Okay, so... My God. They're on a snow-covered hillside. Which... Right? Right. Then they get attacked in the middle of the night, Mm. and they fight for seven hours. So they hold them off. This guy's company holds them off a little bit. Two other yeah. positions or companies got pushed back. Yeah. So he gets on the radio and is like, I got him. I can hold him. Even though he got told to retreat of course. and fight his way back to, to group up. Of course. He goes, aware that leaving the position would, ser- um, would <clears throat> sever contact with the 8,000 Marines trapped at Udam Nai and jeopardize their chances of joining the 3,000 more awaiting their arrival... Um, for the continued drive to the sea, he chose to risk loss of his command rather than sacrifice more men um, if the enemy seized control and forced a renewed battle to regain the position or abandoned his many wounded who were unable to walk. Although severely wounded in the leg in the morning of the 29th, uh, Captain Barber continued to maintain personal uh, personnel control, <laughs> often moving up and down the lines on a stretcher God. to direct the defense and uh, consistently encouraging and inspiring his men uh, to supreme efforts despite the staggering opposition. So, I mean, that is just... He's got people moving him on a stretcher because he wants to stay in oh, yeah. control and keep keep everything keep everything freaking going. He's a it's true crazy. leader. Right. And they're all alone. Right. <laughs> so, waging <coughs> desperate battle throughout five days... And six nights of repeated onslaughts launched by the fanatical aggressors, he and his heroic command um, accounted for approximately 1,000 enemy dead in this epic standoff in bitter sub-zero weather. And when the company was relieved, um, only 82 of his original 220 men were able to walk away from the position so valiantly defended against insurmountable odds. So they ended up holding it. Yeah. Just 220 of them. When 3,000 got pushed back and 8,000 were over there. Wow. It's nuts. His profound faith and courage, great personal valor, and unwavering fortitude were decisive factors in the successful withdrawal of the division from the death trap in the uh, reservoir sector and reflect the highest credit upon Captain Barber, his intrepid officers, and men, and the U.S. Naval Service. Wow. Bro. And in the freezing cold. Freezing cold. I mean, that just is a whole... Wounded in the leg so he couldn't even walk. 
that couldn't get out, couldn't go for, couldn't chose to stay and fight because he knew if they ran, they'd get right. They'd all get slaughtered. Yeah. Crazy. But that's just a whole nother level that again I didn't think of. Yeah. Like sub zero temperatures. Right. Like. Right. You have to adjust. Not only to are that you getting shot at. You know what I mean? Now and it's freezing. And freezing. Like and then that for five days and six nights. That shit went on. Just a constant, for constant five fighting days. for five days. I mean, oh, great story. And they held it. Whew. Nuts, man. Leaders, leaders. That dude was a true leader. Yeah. So we're gonna go to Lieutenant Samuel Woodfill. All right. World War One, U.S. Army. Oh, World War One. <clears throat> While he was leading his company against enemy, his line came under heavy machine gun fire, which threatened to hold up up the advance. Followed by soldiers at 25 yards, this, off, this officer went out ahead of the first line toward a machine gun nest and worked his way around its flank, leaving two soldiers in front. When he got within 10 yards of the gun, it seized fire, and four of the enemies appeared, three of whom were shot by Lieutenant Woodfer, Woodfill. The fourth, an office, the fourth, an officer, rushed at Lieutenant Woodville, who attempted to club the officer with a rifle. After a hand-to-hand -hand struggle, Lieutenant Wood, Woodville killed the officer with his pistol. Jesus. So he just went and he just... He attacked a machine gun pit by himself yeah, he's just and like, killed them all. I'm going in right. and I got this. You're all going to die. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what he did. Would you run at a machine gun pit? I mean, I No. Right. No. Because, I mean, it's... I'd be too busy over there shitting myself. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Easily. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, he just was... He, oh, it's not over. No. Oh. His company thereupon continued to advance until shortly afterwards another machine gun nest was encountered. Calling on his men to follow, uh, Woodfill rushed ahead of his line and to face the heavy fire from the nest. Again. Again. And when several of the enemies appeared above the nest... He shot them, capturing three other members of the crew and silencing the gun. A few minutes later, this officer, for a third time, demonstrated conspicuous daring by charging another machine gun position. <laughs> Again. I mean, this, this is the third one. He just, he just goes in, <laughs> killing five men in one machine gun pit with his rifle. He then drew his revolver and then started to pump and in, uh, jump into the pit. When the other two gunners, only a few yards away, turned their guns on him, failing to kill them with his revolver, he grabbed a pick lying nearby and killed them both. <laughs> I mean... Wait a minute. So in the first pit, he runs up by himself, kills three, yeah. gets in a hand-to-hand -hand fight, fight with the second one, yep. and then kills the fourth guy. Yes. Then he goes into the next one, yes. kills a couple, takes three prisoner. Yep. And then one of the officers, you know, right, and then goes into the third one. Goes into the third one, kills five, five, and then two runs out of bullets or whatever. Yep, and gets a pick, <laughs> uh, and kills and kills two, two more. more. Jesus Christ! Uh, yep. Inspired by his exceptional courage displayed by this officer, his men pressed on. To their, ob to their objective under severe shell and machine gun fire, and they were able to complete the mission. Holy crap! <laughs> this dude! Holy crap! <laughs> it's like Captain America over here! Yeah, this dude, and he lived. He lived. Oh my god! Home. Yeah. Jesus! So, 
Thank you. Three. Yeah, dude. He just, yeah. Now that is a guy. Wow. Who is just a badass. A badass. A badass. Him and Maximo. Maximo. Dude, I forgot. Oh, man, I almost forgot about Maximo. But this guy right here so far, Lieutenant Woodfill. That's just some savage. Yes. That's crazy. So, that is our one drink for history and our great, great Medal of Honor stories. Man, what a day. Crazy. What a day. Five hours with yours. Five days, I mean. Five days. Of just battle, battle yeah. in the snow. Yep. Three <laughs> machine gun pits solo. This dude just goes in. Ham. Whew. Holy moly. Great wow. stories. Great you stories. Know, cheers to both of you guys. Yes. For sure. And they both lived. Yes. Yep. And they both lived. Oh, man. Anyways. Well. <laughs> yeah. You know, Woo! my mind's blown for today. So yes. with that, don't forget you can check us out on both Facebook and YouTube as well as on all major platforms. Uh -huh. Don't forget on YouTube, hit that subscribe button, click the bell notification to be the first ones notified of when our new shows drop. You can check out these history shows every Monday. Always. And our full length shows on Wednesdays. Yep. And if, you, if you do all that, yeah. you can just hit the share button. Yeah. And let people know about us so That's they right. can hear these great, great, great stories. Share it with one friend. Yes. That's yes. your homework. That's your homework for this week. Share it with one friend. Yes. And comment down below if you did share. And then we'll give you some credit and we'll shout you out on the show. Yeah. It'll be really cool because you get to hear us say your name. <gasps> Good idea. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Anyways, guys, we hope you had a great Mother's Day yesterday and we will see you next week. Yep. Cheers. See ya.